Last time on Frightful, we began to explore the dark side of the happiest place on Earth, charting animal attacks, roller coaster deaths, and even murder, all taking place within the confines of the theme parks of Disney. I'm Peter Laws, and tonight on Frightful, we take a final stroll to the spookily supernatural and surprisingly morbid home of Mickey Mouse. This is the Disenchanted Kingdom and the frightful side of the Disney parks. Last time we talked about how many deaths there were within the parks, and so perhaps it's no surprise to find that some of the Disney rides are haunted. The Matterhorn, for example, the Disneyland roller coaster I mentioned that is fashioned on a high-speed bobsled race through a huge fake mountain. Well, not all the screams heard there are of the fun variety. They say it's haunted by the ghost of Regina Dolly Young from Fremont, a 48-year-old who rode the Matterhorn in 1984 until her seatbelt came undone. Nobody knows why. And she fell out, plummeting to the track below. She was hit at speed by another bobsled and she was killed instantly. It's said that she was dragged along the rails until the ride was eventually stopped 30 seconds later. The section where she was hit is now known as Dolly's Dip. But it's not just her name that lingers. Staff say they feel watched by a supernatural presence, especially during the dreaded nightly ride inspection where they walk the track looking for lost items. The work lights near Dolly's Dip are constantly burning out too. One former ride operator said, In six years, I don't ever think I saw those lights working. The strange figure of a man is sometimes seen running along the monorail track at Disneyland. Is it the specter of the 19-year-old Thomas Guy Cleveland who was struck and killed while climbing the track in 1966? Or what about the multiple ghosts that have been spotted on the dark indoor roller coaster known as Space Mountain? Operators say that guests have come off the ride screaming that a man was sitting in the rocket next to them. And yet they claim in panic that the man fell out halfway through the ride, only to be told by staff that there was never anybody sitting next to them at all. The Disney employees call him Mr. One Way. ghost allegedly haunts the People Mover in Walt Disney World, which at first seems odd because when I rode it a few days ago with my children, it seemed so slow that it couldn't cause danger at all. It only goes about two to seven miles per hour. But as I'm learning with Disney, Lux can be deceiving because despite its slow and stately pace, the People Mover has killed people. For example, at Disneyland 1967, it killed a boy called Ricky Lee Yama, a 15-year-old from Hawthorne, California. He was sitting on the ride and was thinking it was so slow and so sedate that he was quite happy to try jumping from one train to the other train while it was moving. But he lost his footing and fell, and he got caught under the wheels of the people mover, and he was dragged along screaming and died. Pretty much the exact same thing happened again in June 1980, 
when a man called Geraldo from San Diego died from extreme internal injuries on the ride. He had tried to jump the slowish train too. So reports of ghosts on the people mover might not be as crazy as they initially sound. And if you ever find yourself sitting there, just look to the left or right and see who might be riding along with you. There may be a perfectly good reason why there are so many ghosts wandering the parks. Disney is, after all, regularly sprinkled with the particles of actual dead people. It could come as a shock to holidaymakers, but despite it being strictly prohibited and highly illegal, the parks are a magnet for those who wish to scatter the ashes of loved ones. In 2018, Disney staff told the Wall Street Journal that families smuggling ashes through the security to scatter them later happens roughly about once a month. Back in 2002, for example, a family requested some extra time in the haunted mansion in Disneyland. They wanted to hold a short memorial service for the passing of a seven-year-old boy. But when they boarded the black motorized doom buggies that carry the guests through the ride, staff spotted these mourners pouring out a powder throughout the mansion. And after the ride was shut down, they found a smattering of dust that was grey like ash. Apparently, the haunted mansion is a notorious place for grieving families to pour out their ashes. Maybe they have a sense that the ghosts of that ride may somehow revive the ghost of their long-lost loved one. Other ash-spreading hotspots include the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, the Lawns of the Magic Kingdom, and the Moat under the Dumbo ride. I can see why people would do this ash thing. To think that a loved one is resting forever in a place of constant laughter is actually, I think, quite a comforting thought. That is, until you realize that the Disney staff are rather organized with their cleaning regime. When a manager radios in a code V, it means a guest has vomited. A code U is urine. Yet when they have a HEPA cleanup, the request means that someone has scattered the ashes of a dead person. Again, it's time to fetch the specialized hoover for the job. So if you do plan on leaving Granddad in the happiest place on Earth, bear in mind he probably will wind up in the belly of a vacuum cleaner by the end of the day. These ash spreaders, though, are wily. They manage to get around the hoover thread by dropping their dead in the water. For example, optometrist Kim Pasolano de Bath poured some of her mother's ashes into the water that sloshes under the boat ride attraction called... It's a small world. She told the Wall Street Journal that she kept the amount small so as not to clog the filter and that she would return to the park to commemorate her mother's death. She said, Instead of going to a grave, I go to Disney World. Was the corporation trying to buck the ashes trend in 2009? Because to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the Haunted Mansion, which again is a prime spot for scattering, they started selling a limited edition ceramic cookie jar with lid and it was shaped like an urn for ashes. Speaking of human remains, what about Walt Disney himself? Is he really cryogenically buried somewhere in the park? Well, rumors say that he's in stasis under Pirates of the Caribbean, or possibly even the Matterhorn. This is, alas, mere legend, though it is said that Uncle Walt still haunts the old firehouse apartment in Disneyland. That was his own personal residence when he was in the park. Soon after his death, you know, a cleaner saw the lamp in the window switch on of its own accord, even when it was unplugged. And now the staff keep the lamp burning so that passers-by can pay homage. Guests sometimes even claim to have seen the curtains moving by themselves. 
If someone ever does spot him, perhaps they could ask him to clear up another Disney mystery. His strange choice of last words. Yeah, when Walt Disney died on December 16, 1966, he reached for a pad of paper in his Burbank office and he wrote the name Kurt Russell. Though he spelled it K-I-R-T rather than the correct K-U-R-T. And during a 2007 interview with Jimmy Kimmel, live the baffled actor Kurt Russell confirmed that he had been shown the very pad that's still intact and that he had no idea what it meant. Conspiracy theories insist that this was Walt Disney declaring that Kurt Russell was his son. However, Russell had just started a 10-year contract with Disney, so one assumes the big man was just thinking of his next magical project, even at the very end. One of my favorite Disney parks is the Epcot Center, which has the World Showcase area, where guests can stroll through the nations of the world in one afternoon. Being there earlier this week made me regret not learning certain languages at school, like Spanish, for example. Other than a couple of words, my Spanish is horrible, which is Spanish for horrible, by the way. I had to look that up. Well, the good news is it's never too late to start learning with Babbel, the language learning app with more than 10 million subscribers. With its fun and simple bite-sized language lessons, my Spanish is going to be estupendo, which means great. With Babbel, you'll be having a real-life conversation in your chosen language within three weeks. Unlike other language learning apps, Babbel doesn't use AI for lesson planning or delivery. Babbel teachers are real native speakers, and with 14 languages on offer like Spanish, Italian, French, and German, you'll be skipping through World Showcase like a pro. The app even has speech recognition to help you get the pronunciation and accent just right. Along with the lessons, you'll also get access to podcasts, videos, games, stories, and even live classes. And if you're not impressed, there's a 20-day money-back guarantee. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. And right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash frightful. That's babbel.com slash frightful for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. It's not just ghosts that staff have to put up with in the parks. Some say the animatronic characters on the rides have a life of their own. It's a Small World that I mentioned earlier is a dark boat ride in the Magic Kingdom and is world famous for its annoyingly catchy theme song that celebrates world culture. After riding it myself, I can attest that being surrounded by hundreds of blank-eyed midget dolls singing and waving and smiling is enough to rattle even the most solid psyches. Yet some staff members swear they've seen worse. They claim that the little people sometimes blink and move, and when staff return the next day that the dolls have sometimes mysteriously switched positions. (laughs) The most disturbing incident, however, was reported online in 1999, when a family were nearing the end of the It's a Small World ride. A social media post claimed that the lights were suddenly shut off, and the announcer told the riders that they were to be evacuated and a puzzled mother snapped a few casual photographs as they got off the boat, including one of the ceiling. And it was only when they looked at the pictures later that they realized why the ride had been stopped. Someone in dungarees had hung themselves from the high rafters. Now, Disney never confirmed such a death, and so this story could be safely slotted into the urban myth file. But the picture has spooked out online thrill-seekers ever since, and those in the know look to the rooftop as they go through that ride. 
I got what I thought was my own little paranormal experience while swimming in the Disney hotel pool. Again, I was at the Port Orleans French Quarter Resort and I decided to say a little prayer as I swam. I was just going along thinking, man, this is a pretty amazing holiday. And when I came up out of the water, I looked up and I saw the clouds forming into a word. It wasn't just any word either. The sky suddenly said, Jesus, as plain as day, written in the clouds. Of course, I leapt out of the water and grabbed my wife and I remember hollering to other swimmers to see this glorious miracle until a chuckling lifeguard told me it was just an ad plane, sky writing. Yeah, he said, they put God messages up there all the time. Yeah, I was so embarrassed, I wanted to hide under a towel for about an hour. The plane was at a distance from the parks themselves, because since 2003, the skies over Disneyland and Disney World are some of the most strictly controlled no-fly zones in America. If you fly your plane over Mickey's house, you are likely to be intercepted, interrogated, and prosecuted. 9-11 fueled the airspace change, but it's also helped cut off a long-held annoyance for Disney. Outside planes used to routinely trail business ads directly over park guests. When Congress passed the Parks No-Fly Bill, the Aircraft and Pilots Association reported that 100 aerial advertising firms went instantly out of business. That's why the pilots fly at a distance, writing big messages in the sky. Sometimes, however, flyers demand safe passage for their message. In 2003, a traditional Christian group called the Family Policy Network tried to sue the government over the no-fly rule. They wanted to pilot a plane over Disney World during the Disney Gay Day celebration, dragging a banner that said, Jesus Christ, hopeforhomosexuals.com. The request was denied. Security personnel have to keep an eye out for land-based threats too, since there's a surprising amount of people who want to blow Disney up. Of the various attempts, a 1972 case is particularly striking. On June the 28th, a Florida newspaper called the St. Petersburg Evening Independent reported that an extortioner called Walt Disney World. He said he'd blow the park up if he didn't get $90,000 in $20 bills. And he added, if you don't think I can blow up that place, just look in the utility shed. The police did, and they found a time bomb planted in the Wild West section of Frontierland. Thankfully, nobody was hurt and the bomber was caught, though in a bizarre twist, he turned out to be Robert Hara, the 23-year-old son of Joseph Hara, the president of Tupperware Home Products. The rumors say the charges were eventually dropped somehow, but the archives are patchy after this, so it's hard to confirm. Like Tupperware itself, the history of this case seals pretty well. The threat of weapons in the park is countered by strict security and detectors on all entrances. I've been through that every time I've walked into the park this week. Yet despite a strict no-weapons policy, guns sometimes still get through. There are even cases of guests accidentally leaving loaded guns on rides, only for the next family to find them and have to hand them in. And speaking of guns, my son and I found four rifles in the Magic Kingdom, though at least they were meant to be there. We were exploring a wonderful place called Tom Sawyer's Island, a fun trail of barrel bridges and spooky caves in Frontierland, and it's accessible only by barge. After bounding across Superstition Bridge, my young son and I climbed inside Fort Langhorn to find gun turrets complete with rifles, working triggers, and gunshot sound effects. But the curious part was that Disney seemed to have fixed these guns to directly point at the Big Thunder Railroad roller coaster. 
The trick is to wait till the train comes barreling out of the cave and literally you can pretend that you are shooting the screaming guests in the head. For a country plagued with lone gunman cases, it feels a bit odd to play sniper like this. But the iffiness gets swallowed up in the fun, so you can't help but chuckle and shoot. One of the really wonderful things about the Disney parks is that for the most part, you are surrounded by the world in smile mode. Everyone just seems to be together having a fabulous time. And as you mingle with all of these people having a wonderful holiday, you may want to consider who might you be mingling with, even the costume characters. For example, new Disney executives enter the orientation process and it's a standard for them to appear as a character in one of the parks. Yep, you know that goofy you posed with for pictures? That might just be a multi-millionaire who even runs the entire company. You have to take your hat off to these characters. All these hot days with barely any visibilities and kids flinging themselves at them and saying, I love you. And they have to sign autographs too and somehow manage it with pens shoved into padded oversized paws. A task made even harder since Walt Disney insisted that anyone playing a character in the parks had to practice the same set signature over and over to keep the illusion that every single character was its own entity. And keeping these characters real is vitally important to Disney. Like when Pulitzer Prize winning author James B. Stewart was researching his epic business book, Disney War. He was allowed to experience playing Goofy in the park, but he was shocked to learn that he was under strict instructions not to write about the experience, at least not in any way that might imply there was a person inside the suit. Because the company insists that the public believe that Goofy is real. Of course, we know he isn't. But just as we know that the magician on stage didn't really make the assistant vanish, and yet we happily collude with the illusion. The result is that... For generations of guests, we have elevated the Disney parks into a mythical, almost holy site. They are a kind of heaven for the secular age. A place where even the sorrow of death might no longer exist. Where ashes are not spread in the cold soil of the real world, but amongst laughter-filled roller coasters and lawns forever in bloom. It's why Disney bans the words in memory of on personalized commemorative park bricks Why remind people of real death in the happiest place on earth? Stewart describes Disney as a secular faith that has been embraced so passionately by so many Americans that the name Disney has become all but synonymous with an idealized American culture in which dreams come true. And that's the key. These are places where not just America, but the whole world let their dreams live. And who cares if somewhere up amongst the sparkling firework display, there's a guy in a fiberglass turret right now taking a dump in a temporary portaloo. He fades into the color. He's lost in the light. We're not being fools when we close our eyes to this. We're not being complicit in deception. We're just getting a shot of hope. Perhaps because we need it so much in this frightful world. In many ways, hope is the fuel on which we humans run. So no matter how many strange or shocking stories emerge from the parks, no matter how many accidents, incidents, or even deaths, the magic never seems to die. 
The reason for that is simple. We won't allow it to die. We don't want it to. And why would we? I'm Peter Laws, and you've been listening to The Disenchanted Kingdom and the Frightful Side of the Disney Parks. For more scary true stories, check out Frightful next time. Or perhaps my other show, Our Curious Past. If you want to know more about me and my books, then check out peterlaws.co.uk. Bye-bye.